What is going on, everybody? Welcome into the Up Howard Bender, Adam Ronis here. Thanks to Fantasy Alarm and the Sawdust Podcast Network. Adam, lots going on. How are you, Adam? You know, I never start the show with just a good old fashioned "How you doing?" Yeah, it's pretty clear you don't really care. No, not really. I know. So you don't no need to act like you do. Well, you know what, man? I, I I realized that as I was like, you know, because I, I listen to the shows back every morning, you know, before submission, and I and I realized that I was like, you know, I I never really. I mean, there are times where I'm like, you know, I I say it eventually, but you know, most of the time I don't just say, "How are you, Adam?" So, Adam, how are you? I'm okay. Uh, it's okay day. Nothing great. Nothing bad. So, kind of in the middle. What'd you have for lunch? Oh, I had a peanut butter and banana crepe. Ooh, a crepe. Now, did yeah. you make this crepe yourself? Hell no, you bro. It? I don't I don't cook. I, there's new place that opened, and I actually saw it yesterday, and I was like, oh, I know where that is. Uh, I want to go try it, but yesterday I was, I had some company, so I decided to push that to today. So, yeah, I got that today for lunch company last night gives you fancy breakfast and lunch well it today. wasn't at, the company was in the afternoon oh oh, oh. well afternoon to, a little nooner for you yeah you know our schedules bro it's <laughs> you gotta try and fit it in where you can and i don't we don't have the conventional i always tell people that i'm like they're like so what's your work code i'm like look i don't have a nine to five job okay it's different every day it's at <laughs> night it's at, you know and people sometimes don't understand and you know the other factor too oh yeah i work from home like, what does that mean that you don't work? I love how people, that's their perception. They think you're available all the time. Well, you work from home. Doesn't mean I don't work. I do work. <laughs> like, that's, geez, yeah. does that happen to you? <laughs> it's like they think you're available all the time. Well, you work from home. Yeah, I actually do work. This is not one of those things where sitting home doing nothing. Uh, so I don't know. You know what I get a lot of? I get a lot of, well, you just, you do the, the radio show from 6 to 8 Eastern. Right. Uh, like right, that's so that's that's, that's when you're that working, right? Yeah, that, like there's no prep that goes into the show. We just nothing. show up magically with these topics out of thin air. There's no, and there's nothing else. Like all the articles, podcasts, betting articles. Like there's so much that goes into it, man. So anyway, but yeah. I'm blessed to have this job. I'm not complaining at all. No, 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 no. I would never, I would never complain. No, see, that's not what, like, yeah, I'm not looking a gift horse in the mouth. No, I'm just I, saying, like, sometimes people don't understand. Like, I was at, uh, for Christmas Eve, went to a friend's sister's house, and uh, I got there, and they go, so I said something. I was talking to my friend. I said, yeah, I've been working all day. And his mom's like, don't you work from home? I'm like, yeah, what does that mean, that I don't do work? <laughs> Right, yeah. I'm, you know, sitting on the couch eating bonbons is tough stuff, man. Yeah, come, like, on. come on, man. Yeah, I, you know, it's it's funny. I mean, you know, there's some people. I mean, do you have to? You don't have to go into an office. You know, it's actually it's kind of funny because studies have proven that people who work from home actually work longer hours. Absolutely, it's true. Because they don't want to be Travel. accused of being at home and slacking off. So they actually put in more time, not to mention the fact that if something comes up with work, they're right there and they can easily, you know, take care of something, uh, which means that stuff that's usually like handled in off hours, 
right? Like all of a sudden that's, you know, well, you, you can get to this now, can't you? That's part of it for sure. And you also say the traveling actually is more productive for the workplace because especially, you know, this, you've been in New York before you live there. When you're, if you have to commute, sometimes it could be two hours of your day. That's two hours that you could have at home actually doing work. Yeah. hundred percent, hundred percent. We work harder than anybody else. That's right. Everybody. Everybody. No doubt. No doubt. You think you work harder than me and Ronas? Come on. See, this is what happens when, when I start the show off with how are you and what's going on, right? It's yeah. like nothing to do with right, it. So it's you and me bitching it. about how everybody <laughs> thinks that when we sit in here and we work from home that we're a bunch of lazy sons of bitches. I guess we'll skip to how you're doing then. No, I kind of like it. I kind of like it. Get a little slice of Ronas in there for everybody, right? Every once in a while, you just get a... Just a little slice. You don't need it all the time, but, you know, just figuring that out. Um, listen, we do actually have a, a topic that kind of popped up from, you know, thin air. Uh, not really thin air, but, you know, uh, COVID impact is still going on. And like, you know, there's all the talk about the vaccine and everybody's all excited that next year, hopefully, we'll, you know, things will get back to somewhat normal. But the stuff that's going on right now. Um, is really, I mean, there's a major impact happening as we're trying to get ourselves out of the COVID world and that the, the preparations that we made for the new seasons, like, I mean, listen, we could sit here and we could talk about the Browns all having COVID and what that's going to do, not having Kevin Stefanski on the sidelines, um, and which players are going to be in and out. But, you know, one of the things that you and I, Adam, we were just talking about was, you know, kind of the way everything went has gone so far with NBA and betting and talking about people, you know, teams playing, uh, you know, playing each other more frequently, closer together, back to backs in in a lot of cases um, and how we're seeing more of that. And I was talking to Andrew Dewhurst from Fantasy Alarm about, you know, the NHL. And he said, you're going to see a lot, you know, to cut down on all that travel time that you're going to end up seeing certain things that you probably haven't seen before. Like, you know, he said he thinks fighting is going to be, you know, have a resurgence because teams are going to be, you know, up against it like that. Um, talk to me here about the NBA uh, because you're dealing with this firsthand right now. Like all the preps that preparations that everybody made for COVID, like this is really kind of screwing up what should be a, just like your normal betting cycle. Yeah, it's it's been tough. I mean, I, I saw a stat today that the underdogs have covered about 57, 58% of the time. And uh, like today, for example, the game's ongoing now, Brooklyn and Utah. The Nets opened as two-and-a-half-point favorites, but Kevin Durant is on the COVID, I, I don't know, what is it called, uh, quarantine. He has to miss at least seven days, four games. Right. So obviously the odds shifted in favor of Utah. Utah in Brooklyn, four and a half point favorites. Utah's three and zero on this year. This year on the road, uh, they're they're coming off a twenty one point win against the Spurs. They beat the Clippers the game before that by six. They lost to the Suns, who are a very good team this year, and they lost to the Timberwolves the second game of the year, which was kind of perplexing. But Carl Anthony Towns was playing at the time, so Utah's been a good team this year. So I saw a lot of the sharp money on Utah, and I was like, man, and I didn't give it out, and the game's not over. But I was like, I, I kind of have a feeling the Nets are going to cover. So I said, all right, I'm going to put a parlay together. 
I'm going to take the Nets getting four and a half with the money line of the four favorites because they're all favored in the other five game slate from Tuesday. All the favorites are nine and a half point favorites. I'm sure one of them will probably lose and bust my parlay, but that's how it goes. But I said, all right, I'm going to do that. And after the first quarter, the Nets are up 35-14 on the Jazz. Like <laughs> no one saw this coming. And the game's not over. But and the Nets changed their starting lineup. They took three starters who are usually in the starting lineup. Joe Harris, DeAndre Jordan. Timothy Luar Cabarrot, they took them out of the lineup and switched it up. So, yeah, it's just been wild with the NBA. When you think things that and look, and it happens in sports, but I feel like the first couple of weeks have just been so unpredictable. Games that you thought, oh yeah, it's going to go this way, go the complete opposite way. And when these teams are facing each other, either back to back days or a day apart, I noticed that the second game, the scoring total is lower. Uh, I don't know if it's the case for all of them, but most of them that I looked at, that's the case. So maybe that's a trend that you could take a look at. And I, you would think, okay, well, they've seen each other. Now they're going to ramp up the defense and, you know, they have time to adjust to it. Uh, but there was an instance yesterday, the Sixers and Hornets, and the Sixers covered the spread against both games. There was one game this year, Milwaukee won by 47 over Miami. The next night they lost. So... It's just, it's tough, and you just don't know which way to go. Uh, but the theme so far seems to be, like, these underdogs have really covered. And I just think it's the first two weeks of the season, it's still early in the season. It, to me, it's essentially still preseason because right. they only played about three to four preseason games. They had very limited training camp. And then you have teams like the Lakers and the Heat who, who, who only really had uh, less than two months off. And then you have a team like Golden State that hasn't played since March. So it's just been crazy so far. And that's and it's reflected in the standings. I mean, the Raptors have been one of the best teams in the NBA the last couple of years. They're one in five. I mean, they yesterday were favored over Boston by four. Boston had played the day before and it came down to a last second shot. They won 122-120. Toronto had a day of rest and Toronto got smoked. And Boston was without two players. So, and the Raptors are one in five right now. I think part of it could be they're playing their home games at Tampa Bay. You know, they're not in Toronto this year. That's got to be a factor. So, yeah, it's just been wild so far. Just things have been very unpredictable. Then you have Denver. Denver's a team that had an incredible playoff run last year. Came back from three games to one twice. That has never been done. So they had to exert a lot of energy. They played deep, and they've struggled. They're two and four. One of their wins came on Sunday against Minnesota, who's awful right now, and they play Minnesota again on Tuesday night. So it's just been wild and unpredictable so far, and it's reflected in in the betting market. And I think it's just something that you have to understand, and it should get better as the weeks go along. Okay, that kind of makes sense. So for right now, underdogs covering more. Uh, looking at the unders on some back to backs um, is definitely a way to go. What about um, like what about foul trouble? When you start looking at that in the second game of a back to back, do you notice that that players are getting in bigger foul trouble there? You know, like like you know when Andrew and I were talking, he was just like, you just you're gonna see fighting, you know tick up because these guys you know are, are going against each other on on consecutive you know consecutive games 
and uh, and and bad blood spills over. If there's a a, a tough, hard fought, you know, battle on uh, on the first game, do we see an increase in fouls? I haven't noticed that. I haven't really noticed too many players so far in foul trouble early this year. Like I don't. I mean, I don't remember every game offhand, but I don't recall anyone fouling out this year. I could be wrong on that. Just doing this off the top of my head, so I haven't noticed that. It's just that it's been very wild. Like you'll see one game where one team dominates, and then like Portland and Golden State, they had two games, like complete opposite. Oh, uh, so and both games were in Golden State. So Portland won the first one, one twenty three ninety eight, and then the Warriors won the second one, one thirty seven one twenty two. That's the game that Curry had sixty two. So these are two teams that face each other a day apart. Complete opposite results. Portland wins by 25. Golden State wins by 15. <laughs> so go figure. Try and figure it out. Yeah. I mean, it's just. It's tough. And then you have a situation where, OK, well, Sixers are better than Charlotte, right? They covered both games. Uh, in, in when they met. Uh, well, you know, Lakers Memphis is another rematch of tonight. I gave out the Lakers eight and a half. Because uh, Memphis is just not the same without John Morant. We'll see how that pans out. Um, mm -hmm. uh, I wanted to take the under in that, but I was a little worried. I took the under in the first game, and that hit. Uh, but it dropped to 218, and I was like, I kind of wanted to, but I didn't. Stayed away from it. But, yeah, it's just been it's been wild so far. It really has. And I think, again, it's a combination of factors. Uh, but I really feel the lack of a preseason. And I know we went through this in the NFL. Uh, but I think this is different only because we had teams playing in October and September. And then you had teams that have not played since March. Right. That's crazy. So besides Toronto, then, you know, if they're one in five and you expect them to be a lot better than what they're showing right now. I'm assuming you're, you're obviously tracking them for a potential surge. You're looking at certain parts of the schedule coming up trying to figure out okay that you know this is this is gonna this could be the time when to start tracking toronto besides them anybody else who you see uh struggling this early in the season that may be able to uh do something like that as well kind of just right the ship and get back to normal and and push towards the playoffs uh denver i think they are better than what they've played you know they need to get will barton gary harris going you know michael porter's out uh, due to the COVID situation too. And he was a player that received a lot of helium in season long drafts, moved up and people were very excited for him. So not having him on the court has been tough because uh, Nikola Jokic has absolutely been balling. I mean, he's got a triple double in almost every game. Uh, his props are like, I wanted to give out his props tonight at nine and a half and assists. I'm like, damn, that's kind of high, but he's gone over that every game this year. Uh, so I, I think they'll get better. You know, they've lost to the Clippers, who are a good team. They somehow lost to the Kings twice, which is kind of strange. Uh, they lost to the Suns by three, but the Suns have been a really good team. So I'd expect them to turn it around. Again, they were a team that uh, exerted a lot of energy in the playoffs and got to the Western Conference Finals. Uh, Miami, they've had issues. Jimmy Butler's been out. Again, a team that reached the final last year. They're only three and three. I'd expect them to get better, especially as – Butler uh, gets healthy and gets into a rhythm. And I mean, the Rockets are the team to watch just because there's been so many rumors surrounding James Harden and him getting dealt. So that's something to keep an eye on to see what happens with them. And then uh, the Knicks are uh, 
on their way to a championship with the way they're playing. No, nah, but they <laughs> look, they're, they're four and three. They're playing, you know, they're defensively, they're only giving up 105.1 points per game. The offense is clearly not great, uh, but they are competing and they're playing very well. They're playing hard. Tom Thibodeau is a great coach. He's always emphasized defense and uh, they're competing and they've won four out of their last five games. I saw something today too. They're the most profitable team to bet on this year. And clearly they're going to be underdogs in most games uh, based on the past. Um, but when you look at what they've done, you know, the opening game of the season against the Pacers, they scored 66 points in the first half. They fell apart in the second half because I did have them getting eight or nine that night and they didn't cover. I was like, damn, man, like they were there the whole game and the Pacers are a really good team. Uh, and then they lost to the Sixers, who have the best record in the NBA. They beat the Bucks by 20. They beat the Pacers by four the other night. And they beat the Hawks, who are a pretty good team and should be playoff bound in the Eastern Conference. So they're, again, it's stuff for it's early in the season. And maybe right. that coaching advantage has helped them and their defense has stepped up. And they've had injuries too. Uh, but Julius Randle is playing great. Uh, R.J. Barrett is improved. So the Knicks are definitely... I don't think they make the playoffs, but hey, strange things happen. Because right now, you know, Brooklyn and Miami are teams I expect to get in on the outside looking in. I expected Brooklyn to start slowly this year. I took the under on their total wins because you got Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant coming off injuries. You have a first year coach in Steve Nash. They have a wealth of talent, but it takes time to put that together. And with the lack of a preseason and time to get used to one another, I think it's going to take time. It's the same thing when LeBron James, Chris Bosh, and Dwayne Wade all play together. They started off like nine and nine, and then they hit a surge. So I think Brooklyn will be better once the playoffs come. But I could see them, you know, being inconsistent in the regular season. People were crowning them, oh, they're going to come out of the Eastern Conference after two games because they crushed the Warriors by 26, and they crushed the Celtics by 28. And then what happened? They lose to the Hornets. They lose to the Grizzlies. They beat the Hawks by four. And then they lose to the Hawks. Oh, there's another game. <laughs> back to back, right? At home, Brooklyn beats the Hawks 145-141. They yeah, lose the next, the next one 114-96. <laughs> we talked about that. You and yeah. I actually talked about that fact. Um, came in way on the under. And I guarantee you people put money on the over. It went up, I think it went up three or four points. It was when it went from like 240, 241 to 244. And I guarantee everyone's like, oh yeah, it's gonna go over again. These teams play no defense. And it went well under. Crazy under. Well, you said 114.95. Is that what it was? 114.96, bro. Oh, my God. <laughs> 210 between those teams. Like, you might never <laughs> see that again this year with the way they play. That is unreal. Unreal. All right. Well, uh, you know, we'll, we'll keep tracking. We'll see what's going on here. We'll see if the, the Knicks with their negative point differential can stay above uh, 500. That You know, listen, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a Knicks fan. I'm not really a huge basketball guy, but... You know, I definitely support my New York hometown teams, and that would be the Knicks. You know, give me back in the days of Patrick Ewing and John Starks and those guys. Oh, that was that was fun. Those were fun times. Um, all right, so COVID obviously impacts the schedule uh, over there for NBA, and we're starting to see a lot of this stuff with the back-to-backs right now. We're starting to see, um, you know, which when the unders are coming through. Uh, again, on SiriusXM, we spoke about the uh, the back-to-backs in, in hockey uh, and what that's going to do there as far as COVID protocols. 
right after we give a shout out to our sponsor, Monkey Knife Fight, we'll talk about this Steelers Browns action with the uh, with COVID situation. So, Monkey Knife Fight, uh, the DFS site y'all need to be playing on. Here's why. Do you like to play daily fantasy sports? Then you need to check out monkeyknifefight.com. Monkeyknifefight.com is the fastest growing daily fantasy site in the world because monkeyknifefight.com is different than the other daily fantasy sites. That's because on monkeyknifefight.com, there are no salary caps and you don't have to play against sharks, which means anyone has a chance at winning, even you, Adam, even you. Uh, monkeyknifefight.com has tons of fun daily contests in all the sports you love baseball, basketball, hockey, golf, UFC, NASCAR, WNBA, and esports, too. Monkey Knife Fight has it all. You know what else monkeyknifefight.com has? How about a free $5 game for you for just for signing up? And if you use the promo code ANTIUP, one word, A N T E U P, you will have your first deposit matched instantly up to 50 bucks. With a name like monkeyknifefight.com, you can be pretty certain you know what you're going to be getting when you sign up to play. Monkeys and knives and fights and sports. Sign up and play today at monkeyknifefight.com. Play, play MKFing win. State and age restrictions apply. See site for full terms and restrictions. So that's how we uh, pay the bills. <laughs> All right, Adam, every single day they keep piling on more and more COVID news for the NFL. And obviously the big concern is now Cleveland. Uh, Stefanski's not going to be on the sidelines. Uh, they had coaches, two more players. Uh, Kaderell Hodge, the uh, wide receiver, um, landed back on the COVID list. He was on there for close contact before. Now he's on there again. So. Man, I mean, any thoughts on the possibility of this game being postponed a day or two or no? I don't think so. It sounds like the NFL is pretty steadfast on just keeping things as is. And they don't want to disrupt anything. So, I mean, would it be crazy to move it to Monday? I guess not, but it doesn't feel like that's going to happen. And just... Unfortunate luck for the Browns. I mean, we talked about this a week or two ago. Wouldn't it be so Cleveland Browns if they have some situation to miss the playoffs and it didn't happen? So thank goodness. They definitely deserve to get in. Uh, They barely survived. The Pittsburgh team without Ben Roethlisberger last week winning by two. But yeah, just just such bad luck, man, to have this happen in the playoffs. I don't think they were going to win this game anyway, but it's certainly possible. And the line has moved, man, because of this. I mean, it's six points now, right? Yeah, it opened up at, at Pittsburgh minus three and a half. Um, it's now six. The over-under state has stayed steady at 47. Um, so, I mean, again, uh, I mean, like how much of an impact do you think this has with Stefanski not there on the sidelines calling the – I mean, he's going to be – you know he's going to be like calling – you know, he's going to be on a headset, right? He's going to be, you know, somehow – <clears throat> remote watching the game on, you know, on, on closed circuit TV or something like that. And, uh, and being able to, to run things there, or at least partially run things. No, you would hope so. But I mean, look, this can't be good. And, you know, they're also missing Joel Bitonio as well. He yeah. tested positive on the offensive line. So 
yeah, it's it's not good. It, it just disrupts things. It takes you out of your rhythm. So, I mean, we could point to Detroit Lions, but that's unfair. They suck. It doesn't matter who was coaching them. <laughs> they were going to be terrible anyway. So I, I don't want to draw that. I mean, look, I, I think we talked about it on yesterday's podcast. I thought Pittsburgh's the better team anyway. They have the playoff experience. I think that getting that win against the Colts two weeks ago was huge, man. It really was just for their mental outlook because they were just on a terrible streak. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) I think that, you know, we both, I think, I know I said, I think you agreed. I was like, you know, uh, before I forgot who they lost to before the Colts game, uh, was Bengals. Yeah. It was Bengals. And I'm like, man, they, they might not win a first round game. Like whoever they play, I think they'll get beat, but I don't feel that way now. Part of it is just the Browns. As well, I just don't have faith in them, especially if it comes down to Baker Mayfield. I think Pittsburgh will be able to put pressure. They know him. They faced him. So they know his weaknesses. Uh, Divisional games, crazy things happen. But I think the Browns were going to lose this game before this. And I just don't think this helps. Um, Would you lay the six? Uh, I think I would. Over or under? Uh, 47. Man, Steelers offense has been pretty bad. Putrid, right? But yeah. the, then again, the Browns uh, defense also, I mean, they've got a great pass rush. Denzel Ward is fine in, in coverage, but the rest of it and over the middle, they kind of lack. I mean, does do they get enough pressure to, to to get Big Ben to struggle? I guess that's the question. The thing, too, with Ben is they don't throw deep. So it's a lot of these long drives. I'd probably lean the under, but I don't feel strongly about that. Okay. Okay. All right. You know what? We actually haven't looked at the early lines on any of these games, have we? There's been some movement. Let's let's just go through it. Uh, you know, just kind of keep everybody in the know as far as, like, where they want to be and what they want to look at. You know, depending on when you want to lay your bet, I mean, Adam and I will just go through it right now. We'll just look at the spreads uh, just to to kind of share. But, you know, if it's something that, that you know, you feel you should bet now, I mean, we can look at that. But, I mean, in the time of COVID, I don't know. So I think this will be a nice little steady progression. Um, Bills, Colts, Bills minus six and a half, over under 51 and a half, hasn't moved at all. This is where it opened. This is where it is. Yeah, I like the Bills in this one. I'm very high on the Bills, and they're just on a roll right now. And I could see Rivers throwing a back-breaking interception. I think the Bills' defense has been better the last few weeks. You know, they're going to try and run the ball out with Jonathan Taylor, and he could have a good game. But I just think the Bills are a superior team right now to the Colts. John Brown is back, making that offense even more explosive. That's another weapon. So I like the Bills in this game. Okay. All right. Um, the other game, the third game, uh, in the AFC, uh, Titans Ravens, uh, Ravens minus three and a half right now with the over under being 55, this line actually opened minus four and a half for the Ravens. So it's gone down a, a point 54 and a half. So it's gone up a half point there on the over under. Um, you still, I think you're leaning Ravens, aren't you? I don't know, man. This is the toughest game for me, man. It really is. Uh, I go back and forth. You know, the Ravens are on a roll, but they haven't beaten anyone of significance. Uh, I think the Titans are really good. Uh, I buy into them, seeing what they did last year. But 
There's two factors that concern me for them. One of them is they don't generate a pass rush, and that's going to be a problem. Uh, for if Yeah, Lamar Jackson has struggled this year, but if you give him time, he's either going to scramble and run and pick up first downs and, and big yardage, or any quarterback that has that much time to throw is going to find receivers. And he'll be able to get it to Mark Andrews, Hollywood Brown. Uh, the Titans, obviously, with Derrick Henry, Tannehill, A.J. Brown, all these weapons. Man, this is a tough one for me. I'm going to lean towards the points right now. It's three and a half, so you got the hook. Yeah, I could easily see this being a field goal game coming down late. But this is the toughest game for me and the one that I'm most excited to watch. Like, I cannot wait for this game. To me, this is clearly the best game of the weekend. Um, you know, listen, I agree. This is, a, this is going to be a very exciting game. It's going to be very, uh, yeah, I, I like the fact that it's going to be a tight game. I mean, this really, you know, for me, this is all about, this is all about the Ravens defense. So I, we know the Titans don't really have a good defense and, uh, and Baltimore should be able to take advantage of that. Like you said, especially if Lamar Jackson feels comfortable about running, uh, because he's got plenty of time and, you know, whatever. So I, I like the, uh, you know, that aspect for me, it's about can this, this Ravens defense step it up here. Um, you know, maybe not shut down Derrick Henry, but obviously make it difficult for him, make him earn every single yard, uh, along the way. And maybe he only has like, you know, a 60 to 70 yard game instead of a 270 yard game. Like, can the Ravens defense do that and make sure that they don't get beat by, the Titans passing attack here. Like I, you know, Marlon Humphrey has been a disaster in, in coverage, uh, you know, which is why he's now like the slot corner. Um, but I mean, can we rely on, you know, Marcus Peters getting, not getting beaten deep by, by AJ Brown. I mean, that's going to be a, a, a real tricky situation. Kind I kind of feel like that might be the linchpin of this game. Yeah. I think it's fascinating. This game, like, there's so many different angles to it. Obviously, the Ravens losing to the Titans last year in the playoffs. Teams met in the regular season. Titans won that game as well. So there's so much here. Uh, again, I could see this going either way. Uh, but I'm going to lean towards the points right now. I'm going to lean towards the points. All right, there you go. So it's giving, taking Tennessee with the points. Uh, Justin Tucker, one of the best kickers in the game. Steve Goskowski. Uh, he struggled a little bit, a little bit, a little bit. Um, NFC, uh, let's talk Saints Bears. The line opened at minus eight and a half for the Saints with a 48 over under. It is now minus 10 for the Saints with a 47 and a half over under. Uh, talk to me. Why Why is the line jumping a full point and a half like this already? A lot of money's probably coming in. On the Saints, uh, I think a lot of people probably don't buy into the Bears. I know I don't. Uh, they got the benefit of the schedule that went their way, uh, and they won those games, and they needed a win against the Packers. It didn't happen. They were fortunate that uh, things worked out, that they were able to get in. But, I mean, this team just hasn't been good. I mean, they beat Houston. Great. They beat Minnesota. They beat Jacksonville. And, I mean, week 13, they lost to Detroit. <laughs> I mean, they needed that game. Uh, so I just don't see any impressive wins here for the Bears. In fact, down the stretch, because remember, this team started 5-1. and one. 
So they didn't really finish the season strong at all. They were fortunate. You know, they went up back to Trubisky, which was probably the right move. But I, I just don't think they're that good. Yeah, and, they had that uh, five-game losing streak in the middle of all of that. Yeah. Yeah. So I just don't think they're that good. So uh, I like the Saints here. Uh, how come how come we were so quick to dismiss certain wins, but when you get like a crazy upset, it's well, any given Sunday. Any given Sunday, anybody can win. Like, I get that it's any given Sunday, anybody can win, but then why are we like, I mean, if we're talking about, uh, you know, the Bears beating Houston and you were very dismissive of that win, Adam, I heard it in your voice. You were very dismissive of that. That's Deshaun Watson, man. Any given Sunday, the yeah, Houston it's... Texans can, you know, should be able to uh, to beat a good team, right? But they haven't this year. They've been terrible because their defense is terrible. It's not Deshaun Watson. Although he only had, they only put up seven in that game. Yeah, they only did put up seven in that game. I just, you know, I wonder, like, why are we so quick to dismiss like that? Because it's just not an impressive win. I think the schedule and who you play does matter. I mean, do you, what did Chicago do to make you think this is a legitimate playoff team? Um, what did they do to for me to tell you? Know they didn't. They didn't really do a lot. I'm not gonna lie. They didn't do a lot. I said I get it, man. I reap the I reap the David Montgomery benefits of facing the Texans, the Vikings, the Jaguars. <laughs> you know, like I'm I'm very happy with that. No doubt about it. No the thing you can it. point to is more on the Saints. You could say, you know what? The Saints have had some really disappointing losses in the playoffs the last few years that they yeah. shouldn't have had. Uh, Alvin Kamara, is he going to play? We think he is. Michael Thomas, they said he's going to play. Uh, so you could, if you want to take that angle, and the Bears did take them to overtime in the regular season. They lost by three. So if you want to take that angle, you know, can't really argue against it. Um, I, I think the Saints are just a, a really good team that actually – had a lot of issues this year and still went 12 and four. You could say it's a product of the NFC, but uh, I think this is a, a really good team with experience that really has not been a hundred percent this entire year. So they get Kamara and Thomas back than they are. And uh, I think their defense is solid. So I'm on the saints. I think they make a deep run in the postseason. I know 10 is a big line. I would have, obviously this is one of those goes back to what you said. You would have liked to have bet it earlier in the week before it got to double digits. And that's one of those things you look at and go, you know what? This could get to double digits. Let me jump in now before it does get there. Right. Right, right, right. Yeah, Michael Thomas coming back. That's going to be a big game changer here. Like, it really is. Just it adds so much to that, you know, to that passing attack. It's crazy how they were able to put together all these wins without him. You know, I'm not like, it's not a knock against Thomas. It's more of a, you know, an indictment on how good, you know, the saints, I guess, overall are to lose a piece like Michael Thomas for as long as they've lost him, uh, to be able to, you know, kind of plow through this shit and, you know, still finish 12 and four, um, rock solid there. Oof. Michael Thomas. Is that the, uh, is that the receiver? Is that the guy you put, Will you take Michael Thomas or you take Alvin Kamara if you're in one of those like FFPC playoff pools where you can only take one guy? You know, you want to you want to get that one guy from each team that you think is going to go the furthest. And I know that you think at least to the NFC championship for the Saints, right? Yes. Do you take Thomas? Do you take Kamara? Kamara. I think there's more depth at wide receiver. 
more depth at wide receiver. Um, all right, you know, I should have done that with the AFC also. I should have done that. Uh, the Bills, Josh Allen or Stefan Diggs? Mm, I, I guess it depends how you put your roster together. That's that's close. Uh, it really depends who you use at quarterback, right? Yeah, well, I mean, that we'll, we'll, we'll just kind of rifle through it. Uh, with the Colts, you're either looking at probably like their defense or Taylor. Jonathan Taylor or Jonathan Taylor, right? Yeah. Okay. Steelers, Deontay, Deontay for me. Yeah. Uh, Browns, Chubb. Yeah. Yeah. Titans, you got Henry, you got Brown. You could even, you know, go contrarian and use Tannehill. Yeah. And that's the thing, too. You do have to be a little contrarian. Uh, I would. Go Henry. Henry there. Ravens, you got Lamar, you got Andrews, you got uh, Marquise Brown, you got the Ravens D. Lamar, I think. Lamar. All right, so we're going Lamar there, which means we can't go Josh Allen for the Bills, which means you got to go Diggs Diggs, there, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. See, I like how this is all piecing together. We got Diggs. We got Deontay. Um, and you've already, so that's only two wide receivers. And we've got Chubb and we've got Henry um, in the backfield there. Figure the Colts will probably take, uh, uh, I'll, I'll take their defense. Or we could take Taylor. We still have uh, like three or four flexes. Um, Saints, you said Kamara. Yeah. Uh, Bears, Allen Robinson. Yeah, Montgomery. Robinson. 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 All right. Um. All right. Next two games then. Uh, Seahawks against the Rams. Uh, line opened at Seattle minus four and a half. It's now minus four. It opened up at forty-two for the total. It's now forty-three. Um, we've kind of gone through this a little bit as far as uh, as far as this game breakdown. I heard Jared Goff was throwing today and looked good. Yeah, well, I, I don't think that's going to matter much. Uh, it, it, it's still Jared Goff. He's not good when he's 100%. Uh, these two teams have faced each other twice this year. Split, I believe, right? I know Seattle won 20-9, and I think the other game was 23-16. Uh, this game's going to be so boring. Uh, I'll, I'll take Seattle. You take Seattle, you'll lay the points. Um, I mean, I guess if you're going Lamar, you're not going to let Russ cook. DK Metcalf is your guy. Yeah, I know he has a tough first round matchup, but I'll take DK Metcalf. Yeah. Uh, on the Rams side, uh, well, we're using the Colts D. Um, Robert Woods, Cooper Cup. Do you think Cam Akers is a possibility? He's a possibility. I'd probably go Woods. Probably go Woods there. All right. Um, Washington football team taking on the Bucks. This opened up at Tampa Bay minus seven and a half. It's now minus eight and a half. Uh, the total dropped from 46 and a half to 45. Um, I guess everybody's a little on the concern side as to how in the world is uh, is Washington going to put up points in this game uh, against this Bucks defense. 
Yeah, because there's talk Alex Smith might have to rotate at quarterback. That is calf still an issue. So that's the problem. Yeah, I'll take Tampa Bay here. I know what the key, obviously, is getting pressure on Brady, and they do have a good front seven. So that's the way for Washington to stay in this game is create pressure on Brady, get some turnovers, give favorable position to the offense, and they just do the dink and donk, run the football, dump it off to uh, Thomas and McKissick and McLaurin. So the formula is there. But I don't see it. Uh, so I'm going to take Tampa. Take Tampa. All right. Um, you look at the Washington football team. Uh, I guess uh, McLaurin, Gibson, probably your two best options there. Oh, you could go Logan Thomas here with your tight end. Yeah, I would go Kelsey at tight end, though. So uh, That's right. That's right. Yeah. So that would be, yeah, but Thomas is not a bad option at all. Yeah, I mean, he's balling, man. So he he probably look. McLaurin's not a hundred percent. I know he scored a touchdown. Love Gibson, but again, if they fall behind, you might see more McKissick. So those are the factors to consider. Do you think in a contest like this, then all of a sudden now going with like Pat Mahomes over, um, over Travis Kelsey for your selection, uh, would that kind of constitute more of a contrarian sort of way? You got to figure a lot of these high stakes guys are looking at these, you know, this playoff competition being like, listen, there's a very, there's just a significant advantage to having Travis Kelsey over any of these other tight ends, any of them. Well, there really is. Uh, there's ways to be contrarian, and I would probably do it in a different area because even if you, okay, say you take Logan Thomas, probably going to play one game, right? I mean, even even two games of Kelsey is better than four games of most tight ends. Like, say you take, say you think Saints make the Super Bowl, right? You're going to take two games of Kelsey over four of Jared Cook. Yeah. Right? So. For sure. I mean, the thing is with Kansas City, it could be Tyree Kill. It could be Mahomes. That's the thing. Um, but, yeah, if you have multiple entries, you probably don't want to go with Kelsey in all of them. Because, like you said. Part of it is game theory, and you know almost everyone's going to have Travis Kelsey, but you understand why. This is one of those where you go, well, let's look at this tight end landscape. Uh, we don't have George Kittle. Uh, Mark Andrews. Uh, yeah, but Mark Andrews is just still tears below. So I'd probably go Kelsey. Yeah. And not mess around. Go different elsewhere. Um, yeah, I would be in agreement with you. I would definitely, I mean, if I have multiple entries, I probably won't use Kelsey for all of them, but I think if I had like three or four, three, four or five entries, Adam, I mean, if I had three entries, I think two of the three, I would use Kelsey. If I had five, I'm probably still using, you know, three or four of them with Kelsey anyway. Right. I mean, it's, yeah, it's tough to pivot off of it. Right. And look, he could have one bad game. He can get hurt. There's so many things, but Assuming all that is equal, it's like, yeah, I mean, Kelsey is just such a I mean, he he probably would have led the league in receiving if he didn't sit out week 17. I mean, he was leading the league in receiving as a tight end going into week 17. Think about that. Yeah. Um, I'm with you. I am definitely with you. Um, all right. What about on the Tampa side? I mean, here's the you know, defense. If you didn't want to use the Colts, the defense is definitely rock solid here. How tough is it to kind of predict which receiver is going to be the one who's going to get the work when you got Godwin, Evans, and uh, and Antonio Brown? And then, 
Let's not forget. I mean, if you're going to pivot off of Kelsey, do you look at Gronk at all? You could. I mean, I, I guess, yeah, they could play multiple games. Uh, but I would probably go. I mean, Evans has been the end zone guy scoring the touchdowns. But I still love Godwin. So that's a toss up for me. And you could even, again, you could go. That's the good thing here. You can go in a bunch of different directions with these teams. Because you could go um, Antonio Brown. I know he's kind of been the guy that's been third. I know he had the big game this week with Evans leaving. Um, but, yeah, I think – I guess you could go contrary with Ronald Jones, too. I probably wouldn't. <laughs> I wouldn't. I'd stick with the receivers. I mean, this is going to be a team that passes a lot. Um, I, I like Godwin the most, especially with Evans a little banged up. So I'll go Godwin. <laughs> All right. I like it, man. I like it. So that's that's the thoughts right now. Adam and I are recording on a Tuesday night. So that's those are the tentative thoughts right now. Games against the spread, uh, adjusting your bets during a time of COVID. And of course, uh, a little look into the FFPC. So, all right. Beautiful. Great stuff. As always, Adam, I thank you very much for taking the time to hang out with me today always it's always fun man always i appreciate that man i definitely appreciate that i don't know if it's right but i appreciate <laughs> that <laughs> all right well thanks so much to all of you for tuning in i uh, appreciate that Adam and i will be back tomorrow more fun and exciting stuff and maybe we'll still start off the show asking adam how he's doing for Adam Ronis, I'm Howard Bender. This has been the Annie Up Podcast. We'll catch you next time.